The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Hi, this is Pastor Johnny Over, founder of the Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park. Here at Sound of Heaven Church, we encourage everyone to understand why they believe what they believe. For me, I had a pretty good childhood, but things got rough fairly quickly. My father was an alcoholic and yet still my best friend. And because of his love for me, which I felt every day, he was my hero. Sadly, my mother had a very different experience. Lonely and sometimes in dangerous situations. The fighting, the marital struggles, the drinking got the best of us and my family fell apart. Through my own personal struggles and demons, I didn't fall. I climbed into the lap of faith and embraced the gospel. Today, I'm ordained and I'm the senior leader of the Sound of Heaven Church. Together with an incredible staff, we offer you the gospel in a way you have never experienced before. Visit my website at soh.church. When considering a church, it's very important to not only examine their beliefs, but also your own. Visit Sound of Heaven Church at soh.church. That's soh.church. Welcome, everybody, to Sound of Heaven Radio Live, where we are incredibly passionate about making the love of Jesus known to all. We're here with you each and every single Wednesday and Friday at 6 p.m. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Ova, and I pass at the Sound of Heaven Church, located in Deer Park. Visit our website at soh.church. That's soh.church. You can see all the great things we're doing in the community. Check out our services, hear amazing stories, and much more. Subscribe to our podcast, Sound of Heaven Radio, wherever you get your podcasts, and give us a wonderful, amazing, and beautiful five-star rating. Like us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Sound of Heaven Live. The call-in number, 631-451-1039, 631-451-1039. And I'm joined, uh, like always, by my co-host, Jason Koch, D. Ambrosio. How are you feeling today? I am doing much better today, I'll tell you that. Well, next time, just answer the questions correctly, and you wouldn't be in so much pain. Let me tell you, I I brought that salsa home. If you didn't listen uh, on Wednesday, I ate, what was it called, Death by Salsa? Yeah, Death by Salsa, in I, honor of Cinco de Mayo. I, and I brought that home to my beautiful Latin wife, and she tried it, and she was she couldn't believe I ate a heap. Oh, really? She yeah. thought it was hot, too? Yeah, she was like... She was like, this is super hot. Actually. Really? In, in more of a Spanish accent. Oh, can, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> did she like it? She uh, she did. She liked it. She liked it in uh, small increments. Small sample Not, not me. I, I put it in the, what were those chips called? The face shovel? Yep. And yep. I shoveled them in. And uh, yeah, let's put it this way. My bidet was like a fire <laughs> extinguisher. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> TMI for a Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Sound of Heaven Radio. Mother's Day weekend coming Mother's up? Day. Yeah, a special shout out to all the moms out yep. there. Special, special shout out. Nobody could do your job uh, uh, better than you. We, we just, we just, it, it's just our husband's job and, and, and boyfriend's job just to kind of try to make you guys look good. That's it. That's it. So you, you can appreciate your mom this weekend? Of course. I appreciate my mom every day in my life. You have a great mom. I have a phenomenal mom. I have a great mom, mom too. I you really do have a phenomenal mom. Your mom's a great mom. Thank you. I appreciate that. She is a wonderful, wonderful mom, and we're gonna. And celebrate. your grandma's great grandma. Yep, yep. Grandma, you're gonna you're gonna just. I'm gonna go right down the line. You're gonna go my family lineage here. Yeah, you know why? You because go they, through all they're, the, all they're the a bigger fan than me than they. You want to go through all the moms in my in my family? Sure. All right, let's go. <laughs> 
Awesome, man. Well, listen, we're get, we're gonna do something that got. Listen, we got a lot of play last week in we regards did. to the excitement over the the how to read the Bible training that we did. People were really blessed by it. They were really they they, they never looked at the scriptures or thought to think about the scriptures and the way we presented it to. And they said we should do more of that. So that's what we're gonna do tonight. We're gonna we're gonna do something uh, a little bit different. I mean, we normally do our teachings and but we are gonna continue reading. Col- we barely got through Colossians one. And so now we're going to go on to Colossians 2, and I figured we'd just chit-chat about that. But I wanted to present you with a question first. Sure. Okay? And it was something that was presented by Frank Torek, and I thought that was a really good question to ask. And the question was, and it was actually a good—when you think about the proof of God and proof of the Bible, I thought this was an interesting point to bring up. And the question was, would you die for a lie? And because a lot of people claim that the people who wrote the Bible lied about it, they made stuff up, uh, they were trying to push an agenda uh, across. And honestly, I don't know an author alive who's not pushing an agenda across. Every right. every author who ever wrote something is trying to get an ideology across or a thought process across to get somebody to understand, believe, or think about things in different ways. Yeah, we all have perspectives, so and we want to see that perspective spread, right? So we all have some sort of a motive and agenda, but I like the question that you asked. Yeah, so would you die for a lie? Would you die for a lie is the question. Now, we know that many people die for a lie that they think is true, but how many people die for a lie that they know is a lie? I mean, right. would you lie to benefit yourself, right? Most of the time, people lie to get out of trouble, which is a self-beneficial thing, or to add a... So how far would you go in defending a lie? If your life was at stake, would you continue to, to push the lie? Yeah, and these guys and girls in the first century, they, there was literally no benefit to pursue what they pursued. None. And they, and they all died pretty horrible deaths, mo- most of them anyway. And, and there's a lot of things logically when you look at the Bible. If you were making it up, you wouldn't, you wouldn't just make – you wouldn't have this in your story. You wouldn't right. have the, the savior of the story being beaten, mocked, spit on, embarrassed, crucified on a cross, and then thrown into a cave after he's dead. Well, that's, yeah. that's not something that you would be, yo, my God got beat up for half of the book. You know, it, It's not something that you would lie about. But one of the interesting points that I think that, that need to be considered, at least, is that in the scriptures it records not only Jesus dying on a cross and thrown into the cave, but all the apostles kicking rocks and doubting everything that they believed. And then there was one specific event that happened that totally transformed their whole thought process around, and they were just on fire ever since. Right. And that was the resurrection. Right. There's so many cases of, of exactly that, even down to the women finding Jesus at the tomb. Yep. Right? In in the Hebrew uh, culture, uh, I believe it was a, a woman's testimony wasn't even valid in court. Right. So right. for them to write that a woman is the one that reported Jesus it just wouldn't happen that way. And no. Peter, you know, Peter would have been like, "Oh, I didn't doubt it at one time." Right. And you know, d- doubting Thomas yeah. would have never let. How that many go people in. make up a story and go, "You know, yo, you got to see, I beat up nine guys at the same time, one anti behind my back. I, I didn't doubt for a like single yeah. second. I ran through the f- house on fire. Nobody would say I doubted everything I did. I kicked rocks. The guy who I thought was God is now dead. Like nobody makes that stuff up, right? Um, but uh, but I thought it was interesting because not only did they believe it, not only did that resurrection transform formed their thought process on it they took it all the way to death right and you look at you look at the apostle paul we say it all the time when he was in judaism he was willing to kill for what he died for then he found the the truth in the gospel and he was willing to die for what he believed that's great that's great all right let's bring on bobby with our feel good friday uh, segment it is bobby's time yeah pastor bobby rydell is live from halifax nova scotia canadia this guy is Bobby, everywhere. feel good Friday. Yeah, you, <laughs> Make us feel good, Bob. We Come appreciate on. the travel and the You're recording. 
I oh, just, it's, it's great. How's, how's the weather down there? It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Nice, brisk it's breeze. Nice. Yeah, I'm having a three-pound lobster right now. I'm looking over the bay. It is beautiful up here. And if you so want I to see the, the three-pound lobster, Bobby's also a food critic, and you can follow him on Instagram at Bobby's Best and whatever that thing is, whatever your handle yeah, is. Yeah, Bobby's Best of New York, Bobby's Best NY. Oh, so you guys should be reporting Instagram. this. If anybody knows food, it's you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I hear you're a distant relative, though. <laughs> So, anyway, um, so it is Mother's Day, and I want to give my two cents to to all the mothers out there all around Long Island, as well as uh, the grandmothers who raised unbelievable mothers, but also we should be reminded of those who've lost their mother. And there's many of those people around uh, Long Island as well that have a hard time on Sunday because of that very thing. Losing their mom is not an easy thing to go through, and I think we all know some people you know, uh, even just recently, who've lost their moms. So we got to remember them, keep them in prayer. But one really cool thing that the uh, Cold Spring Harbor Fish Hatchery is doing and the aquarium here on Long Island is they're letting all moms come in free on Sunday with their families to acknowledge and honor all the mothers on Long Island. So they're just giving back, doing something fun, getting them out of the house from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., you can go down there again to the Cold Spring Harbor Fish Hatchery and Aquarium, and it's all free for the mothers on Mother's Day. Very so cool. Go take your out. Give them something to do, and, and it's always good when the the businesses and the and and it just they give them back to the community. And again, the reason why we do this segment every single Friday night, and and Bobby, you know, the, the media is so negative, and it's just always this one's doing bad, this one's doing bad, and yet there's so many yeah. amazing people and businesses doing such a great work, especially here on Long Island, and we just want to highlight those those people yeah. and businesses and give them a yeah. shout out. Well, I won't get into another story, but I will say there's a great group of high school students that are adopting. Uh, mothers and or grandmothers that are in hospitals that don't have anybody celebrating them. And I just oh, think wow. that's another awesome thing, adopting a grandparent or mother who's sick in the hospital. So you did oh. introduce another story. You did. But let's it, it, let's but, be honest, but it was good. It was good. But it was a good one. It's, it's and, a good one. And again, it's more people just honoring people. Bobby, thank you so much for the Feel Good Friday segment today. The, the, the listening audience wants to know why you have to travel to all these different lands and countries to report New York things, but um, that's another story for We'll, we'll get into day. that another day. I appreciate the work, Bobby, and uh, honoring the people here. So listen, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to go to Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to continue reading and talking about what this book has to offer, how to understand this, this letter that was written from Paul in jail to the church at, Col- uh, at Coloss, and uh, we're going to break it down and chat about it. Is that all right, Jay? I'm ready for it. All right, get the salsa out. Get your friends no more together. Salsa. Shoot this together. Let's go. We're going to do this, all Unless right? Unless we're dancing, You're listen- I don't want salsa. <laughs> You're listening to Sound of Heaven Radio with you every Wednesday and Friday at 6 o'clock. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Sound of Heaven Radio Live. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Ovo, with my co-host, Jason Kaja, Ambrosio. We're with you every single Wednesday, Friday at 6 p.m. Tonight, we're going to be breaking down Colossians chapter 2. And uh, before you go, oh my goodness, this is going to be such a boring, you know, liturgy. No, no, we're not doing It's not, not going to be that way. We're trying to help you understand how to read and apply the Bible and understand the Bible, what they're actually talking about and dialoguing about those things. And last Friday, we did a teaching on how to read the Bible 
and it, and it got such good feedback that we wanted to continue that. And so, we, you know, we barely got through Colossians 1 last week, so Colossians 2 is where we're going to start tonight. So I'm going to open up. I'm going to begin reading. We're going to begin talking. Jason's going to begin listening. I was going to say sit there and look good, but that's almost an impossible feat. A miracle. Uh, listen, I miracle. look good with my new glasses, these all are, right? These are miracles of, of, of archaic proportions. That's it. My wife would disagree with you tremendously. I don't know. She just voted. And that's all oh, I <laughs> All right, Colossians chapter 2, verse number 1. Now, again, put yourself in the mindset here. You have Paul in jail writing to the church at Colossae. And uh, this was a church that was under extreme oppression because people were trying to remove what God, uh, uh, what was being taught to them. They were there were people coming in saying that Jesus wasn't really the Son of God. There were people coming in saying that the Christians are just a crazy sect. And then they were there were some people bringing in uh, different types of ideologies and other belief systems into the Word of God, trying to mix it all together. And that was being rebuked by Paul. And so uh, there was a lot of things, a lot of confusion going on. Yeah, it was like everywhere that Paul went, he would, and he actually never went to Colossae, but um, what would happen is, you're right, these guys would come in, and then they would try to change up and shift up the message of the gospel. Yep, yep, yep. So we want to kind of go into what he is writing to them, uh, and uh, let's break this down. So, oh, one, let me go to chapter two. All right. And and the, I love the title of this. It, it, the, the title that, that man had put over it, it kind of sums it up, is You Are Built Up in Christ, and I like that. I do. And, and because... Think about when you think about to build something, you take pieces and you put them on top of each other to build, right? And a lot of us are broken in certain areas of our life. And when you look at yourself through the lens of how God looks at you and God views you, um, he builds you up. He puts you back together. He heals all the broken parts. He, he heals all the broken wounds, all the doubt, the fear, the worry, the stress, the struggle, all those things that are broken in our lives, God heals and makes whole. Yep, and uh, you know Paul talks about this pretty often. In a couple weeks ago, in uh, my sermon series, I talked about First Corinthians three nine, where Paul actually says, "You are God's building, hmm. you are God's field." Imagine if we thought of it that way, right? right? That, that we're not here to just exist and be spectators, but actually be be built upon to have things that grow in and out and through us. Now, speaking about the sermon series, we got one uh, uh, this week. We're in week two yep. of uh, of of a snake in the garden, discovering Adam and Eve. Uh, we opened that up last week. Uh, I, I taught uh, part one. I'll be teaching part two this week. So we want to invite anybody who's listening down uh, to come check out Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park. It's right next to the Tanger Outlets. You go to soh.church and you can get all the information there. But let's get to Colossians 2. So I'm going to start in verse number one. You can listen along. Again, this is Paul writing to the group of people that are gathered together at Colossae, the Colossians, okay? For I want you to know how great a struggle I have in your behalf, and for those who are at Laodicea, and for all of those who have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love, and that they would attain all the wealth that comes from the assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will deceive you with persuasive arguments. For even though I am absent in body, I am nevertheless with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your orderly manner and the stability of your faith in Christ. Now, again, there's a lot here, but when we talk about context, it pulls out the first part when it says, for all those who are at Laodicea. This is an actual place that existed during an actual time period. 
right? Right. And so this is not something where, oh, let's just take this and put it there. The Bible is not a bunch of fortune cookie uh, uh, prophecies put together to make you feel good. You have to really uh, glean from it and understand what God is saying here and how we could apply this to our life. Right. They are actual people receiving a letter that live in an actual right. place in the first century. Yep. And and they're, they're and they're receiving actual letters and they're struggling and they're going through actual real life situations like most of us here today. And the highlight of this first first paragraph that we just read is understanding. Now, if you're listening out there, I want you to say that word, understand. And when you think about understanding, how many of you fear or stress or worry when you don't understand or comprehend something. Right. Actually, most of our fears come from a lack of knowledge, lack of faith. You know, it's something that we anticipate that we don't know. It's the unknown, right? The unknown causes us to worry. We don't understand why we're going through what we're going. I don't understand why my husband's acting this way. We don't understand why our kids say the things they do. We see when we understand something, the word of God says that understanding brings power. Right, and that's why we lean on God in times of understanding, because there's nothing that he doesn't know. Right, right. And so when we don't understand, that's why we turn to God, because he's all-knowing, right? right. And, and he could reveal those things to us in our time, but that's what really stretches our faith, our faith. And so when it says we have the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Kind of making that, that, that case that we just made, that in Christ and in his word is all the answers that we need. And if we turn to our own ways, we can kind of get out of the way. It really is what tripped up Adam and Eve in the garden. It really is what tripped them up because the biggest thing, the biggest lie, was it just a lie? See, if, if, if it's a big trick, right? If it's this big thing of deception that we're going to we're gonna fool you, it's very easy to spot that, right? It's right. very easy to go, hmm, I don't know, I, I, you know, this is, I shouldn't do this. This is ridiculous. But it's always the small, um, the small foxes, right? It's right. always those, those small compromises that we make that begin to open the door wider and wider and wider and wider. And then one thing leads to another, and now we're in a situation that we never wanted or hoped right. to Right. You look back and you say, how did I get here? Yeah. Just a little bit of compromise every single day. That's the scripture out of Song of Solomon, right? It's small foxes spoil the vine. If you imagine in the context of a vineyard, if you let these little cute little foxes in there, you know they're nibbling. Next thing you know, your whole harvest is gone. Yep, it's all gone. And that again, it starts with the small compromises. And that's why standing firm in your faith and sta- and, and not going by emotion is, is a key and vital thing. Emotions change by like the wind blows, right? Emotions can change by the minute. One second, you could be feeling great. Somebody could walk by you right now, curse you out, and you'd be feeling awful. Right. And your emotions change all the time. But no matter how you're feeling, truth will always remain the same. Amen. I'll agree with that. Two plus two is four, no matter how your day's going. Right. Truth is truth. Absolutely. So truth is always going to be truth. And that's why that's what's got to anchor us inside of the Word of God. And so when, we, when we're when we talking about wisdom and understanding, it's not so much, hey, I need to know everything. It's it, The seeking of God needs to turn to, I need to understand why I'm, go, why I'm in the mess that I'm in. Right. Why I'm going through this. Because sometimes we're going through struggles because of dumb decisions that we've yeah, made. Yeah, and, and let's be honest, it's not like it's reinforced that there's an absolute truth out there. You have people like Oprah saying, oh, live your truth, live your truth. Everybody has their, well, guess what? Your truth may be completely 
completely different than my truth. And right? you, honestly, you can't live. A, if my truth is I'm going to go murder a whole bunch of people, right? Now, now all of a sudden, no, don't go live your yeah, truth. Yeah, think about that by that standard. By that standard, Adolf Hitler had a truth too. Right. I mean, uh, you can't you can't have. And that's what the law of non contradiction actually is, right? Mm-hmm. My my daughter's uh, teacher says, "Oh, we all have the same God." She keeps telling them that, and I said, "Go back and say, ask them. Well, have you considered the law of non contradiction? How two things can't exist at the same time and contradict one another and both be true?" Right. Oh, you know. Yeah, it's 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 this it's the same thing, right? The Jews don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. The Christians do. Now we both could be right. If Jesus, if G- we both can't be right, we could right. both be wrong, but we both can't be right. Either he is or he isn't. It's right. one or the other. Well, right? yeah, even monotheism versus <laughs> polytheism. Other, polytheism. Right. You can't have both. Either there's one God or there's multiple gods. Right. You know, so. Yeah, and, and, and that's really the essence of challenging ourselves on truth and challenging ourselves with truth. And most of the time, truth is hard to swallow, man. Truth is hard to understand, right? You think of the movie with time where you can't handle the truth. Right. You know, a few good men, but, you know, it's, it's really true. Imagine if your wife or spouse told you everything that they were feeling, what was true to them right now. It'd be offensive, but I bet yeah. you'd be, bring a lot of healing also, to be quite right, honest right. with you. Yeah, sometimes we need the truth to tear us open a little bit so that we can begin working on the real stuff. Yeah, absolutely. The Bible says the truth shall make you free. And that's and that's what we hear about. That's what we that's what we're trying to do here at Santa. We're trying to set you free, set you free from your mind, your some of your struggles, some of your doubts and fears in life, and embrace this amazing relationship with this Creator who created you with a specific purpose uh, to prosper, to be healthy, to live a long, blessed uh, life, and uh, encourage you along the way. You listen to Sound Ever Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more from Colossians chapter two. Hi, this is Pastor Johnny Over, founder of the Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park. Here at Sound of Heaven Church, we encourage everyone to understand why they believe what they believe. For me, I had a pretty good childhood, but things got rough fairly quickly. My father was an alcoholic and yet still my best friend. And because of his love for me, which I felt every day, he was my hero. Sadly, my mother had a very different experience, lonely and sometimes in dangerous situations. The fighting, the marital struggles, the drinking got the best of us and my family fell apart. Through my own personal struggles and demons, I didn't fall. I climbed into the lap of faith and embraced the gospel. Today, I'm ordained and I'm the senior leader of the Sound of Heaven Church. Together with an incredible staff, we offer you the gospel in a way you have never experienced before. Visit my website at soh.church. When considering a church, it's very important to not only examine their beliefs, but also your own. Visit Sound of Heaven Church at soh.church. That's soh.church. Welcome back, everybody, to Sound of Heaven Radio Live. We're with you every Wednesday and Friday at 6 p.m. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Ova, and I pastor the Sound of Heaven Church. Check out our website at soh.church. That's soh.church. Tonight, we're in Colossians chapter 2. We're reading through it. We're breaking some things down. And uh, we, we only were in the first paragraph, and we were talking about being built up and the focus on, on the difference of getting gaining wisdom and then understanding, right? right? And it's really, you know, again, it's what we say about with Christianity all the time and, and some of the issues with churches in general is that they only tell you what to believe, but not why to believe it. 
Right. And when you're told what to believe and not why to believe, it's very easy to, quote unquote, fall away from the faith when hard times come. It's why we see a lot of kids going to college and uh, it seems like their faith goes out the window, right? right? Because we don't tell them why what they believe is true. And let's be real. Some of the the, the reasons why, well, so you don't go to hell. I mean, these are just, you just got to have faith. These are not real answers to genuine struggles and genuine questions. We have to be able to reason and dialogue and uh, conversate back and forth and begin to listen conversation brings a lot of change yeah and and listen we get so offended i I don't mean to say we but a lot of times christians get so offended when somebody disagrees but we say it all the time a faith that can't be challenged is a faith that can't be trusted allow yourself to be challenged right seek out what you and understand why you believe what you believe and listen you can say we it's just it's a thought process that we have and we're not meaning to bash any church in particular you know but overall the body of christ the church of jesus christ has just done a really terrible job uh in in portraying the true nature and the true heart of christ and that's really why we do shows like this and this is why we're here every wednesday and friday at six o'clock to really break down the bible the word of god uh to 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 maybe teach it to you in another way hear it from a different voice uh bring a different perspective challenge you in a way that's not you could be challenged and you could be confronted without being offended rude jerk nasty hypocritical you know what i'm saying can we put that on a billboard because the world doesn't seem to understand no they don't they don't but honestly the church doesn't understand it yeah, no, I agree with you there. You know, so it's it's a real problem that we have. We're so offended by difference of opinion and different viewpoints that we'd rather make a bunch of enemies than bridge a build a gap because like we say it's out of heaven all the time. Our differences unified is unstoppable. Absolutely. We there is common ground and the gospel is is the common ground. Yep. Yep. All right, let's continue. Colossians 2, we just read 1 through 5, so we're going to go to 6. And if you want to go back and listen to this, you could download our podcast on Heaven Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. And we, we podcast and, and archive all of the shows we've ever had. And uh, we're in the six. I think this is sixty-five, dude. I think. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah this okay. is show sixty-five. Right. So, Rock and um, roll. yeah, we archive them, and and you could always download them, listen to them, share them, and we highly encourage you to do so. And rate us five stars, by the way. All right, Colossians two six. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so we walk in Him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. And again, I, I hate that we. Have have to break every couple sentences, but I feel like it's so necessary because we have to deal with the with one of the main reasons why people don't read the Bible, and that's the language barriers here. It's not understand like you know. Therefore, you receive Christ Jesus as a little walk in Him. What does that mean? Right. It, it, yeah. What is it? What does it mean to walk in Jesus? Yeah, or even th- that you have received Christ Jesus. Right. What What does that What does that mean? Yeah, these are things that need to be, I think, broken down a little. They need bit to be more explained. And, yeah, yeah, and updated a little bit. And so Jesus gives us these commandments of loving people unconditionally, of and the fruits of the Spirit of Galatians five that the uh, Apostle Paul writes out. And these are all things that are commanded to us to do. And so basically, the term term walk in Jesus is to be in alignment with His message, and right. that message is love unconditionally. Right. right. And and how could you know how Jesus was if you didn't seek out how he was? And that's what's in Scripture. Yep. And once you seek that out, you will gain understanding on why it is. Ne- like if I said, forgive the person who hurt you the most in your entire life, who's done the most re- most offensive and and terrible things to you, I want you to forgive them. And you'd be like rolling your eyes going, I ain't forgiving them. You know, screw them. You know, let them deal with it. I'm not doing this. They did that. They rightfully deserve this. Da, 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 da. And and in the flesh and in the, in the carnality of this world, I understand why you don't want to. But here's the truth of the matter. 
Holding unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. Right. Unforgiveness is not for them. It's for you. <laughs> that is true. It's for you to be set free. And how many of you out there are holding on to unforgiveness? The person doesn't even know how mad you are. Right. So your day is getting ruined, right? And they have no idea. They're living their life. Absolutely. So, so that's what John, I think that's what you're saying, right? Is by forgiving them, doesn't mean that you have to be around them. If somebody's toxic, don't allow them back in your life. But, but you don't understand. By allowing them to still be in your life, by being mad at them, is really still... Yeah, still letting them be in your life. Yeah, and having a negative effect on you. But that's where understanding comes in. The knowledge is forgive people. Uh, I don't like that. The understanding is why you need right. to forgive people. And that's really the what, what, what is being said over here. All right, verse number eight. See to it that there is no one who takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception in accordance huh. with human tradition, in accordance with the elementary principles of the world, rather than in accordance with Christ. For in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him, you have been made complete. And he is the head over every ruler and authority. And in him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision performed without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So here, back to the terminology and the verbiage here that we have to break this down. If you don't mind, Jason. Sure, go right am ahead. I, am I allowed to, to, to break this down I think a it's bit? needed. Are you sure? I, I am. I see it every day. I talk with Christians every day, and you know, people are like, I have faith in God, but uh, I don't know what any of this means. All right, so the first thing about taking, uh, take, who takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, all right? What is a captive? It's a prisoner. It's a prisoner. Somebody who's bound. Right. Somebody who's not free. Somebody who can't go out and do what they, what they please. And it talks about how it, it, the warning here is don't be taken captive by uh, uh, philosophy and empty deception in accordance with human traditions, in accordance with the elementary principles of the world. And this is your thought processes. Right. This is your belief systems. And he's warning them because the belief system of believing in Jesus and being a follower of Christ, a Christian— Okay, is not one that holds you captive. It's one that sets you free. The Bible says that those who Christ sets free are free indeed, right? And so when we have a true and real legitimate relationship with Christ, it shouldn't bind us. It should release us. Right. And it may come in the name of God, and it may show up as a pastor, as a priest, as a friend, as a family member, but if whatever's being portrayed binds you and doesn't free you, it's not of God. It's not of God. Right. If you're even your cultural traditions, the things that you you have to be open to learning new things because God is always doing new things, right? right? But I've come across Christians that you know they their grandmother taught them this way and that's that's it. It can't be any other way. And God's trying to do something different in your life. Doesn't mean that was wrong, but God may be shifting you in a different direction. Yeah, listen, I think I think the whole country is kind of bucking in, in, in this area in a little bit in some way. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. And listen, I'm a proud Italiano. Polish, Russian, man of God. Very handsome man of God. With a beard. That's okay. Very proud. And I love my culture and my customs. I love America. I love our country. I love, I love being on Long Island. I love being able to serve the community here. I love all those things, right? But guess what? I also love people. I also love friends. I love, I love uh, talking to people on the street. But I love my wife more. Okay. I love I my kids. I love my yeah. wife. I love my wife. My, my wife is my number, besides God, my wife is my number one priority. 
then it's my children, then it's really everybody else. But just because I love my wife in that capacity more doesn't mean I hate everything else. Right. And before I'm an American, before I am an Italiano, before I am a uh, uh, a, a Polish uh, man of God, a Russian man of God, before all those things, I'm a follower of Christ. Right. And that's where it's, God, what do you want from me? Yeah. Right? What do you want from my life? That's what we talk about. If you ever hear us say kingdom-minded and you say, what are they talking about? It's that. Yeah. It's it be, uh, above all things, you are a child of God. So what does God want for your life? Right. Absolutely. So these are things that we have to challenge ourselves on because, listen, my mom's not perfect. I love you, mom. My grandma's not perfect. I love you, Graham. No, I'm not perfect. Nobody is perfect, and we are all wrong in certain areas. Right. That's why the responsibility is up to every single one of us to make sure we search out truth for ourselves. Right. And so in this first verse here, we got to be careful of thought processes and ideologies that bind us. And we see this in relationships, right? Anxiety. This one's cheating on me. This one's talking to this one. This one's, That's why the texting, social media stuff has got everybody going crazy. It binds everybody up, to, you know, thinking it's delusion. It's complete delusion that really hurts. It doesn't help. Um, and this is what Paul is warning them right here in the, in the Bible. And one of the main things here, in accordance with the elementary principles of the world, the elementary principles of the world, otherwise known as the elements, is the law. Right, the law. And so the elementary principles of the world in the scriptures is defined and described as the law, the Ten Commandments, to break this down really easy. So are you saying the Ten Commandments are not valid? The Ten Commandments are not valid over our lives today, but the Bible also says now the law of the Lord presides over our heart now that doesn't mean we should steal that doesn't mean we've advanced past that you shouldn't be told don't kill somebody you shouldn't be told don't lie to people you shouldn't be told don't steal from people those are see here's the difference here and i know we're probably going to be staying on this for a little bit because because this but this is the dialogue i think we need to have about this stuff about the ten commandments the truth of the matter is is in the old testament you would have to uh you would have to pass the ten. let's say it's a test right you would have to pass all the ten commandments to quote unquote get to heaven or to be considered holy. And if we were to measure ourselves up to the Ten Commandments, we fall short, right? Every single one of them. Just ask yourself. Let's go through a couple of them. Have you ever lied before? Yeah. Well, what would that make you? A liar. A liar, right? So you're a liar. Would, have you ever looked upon the opposite sex with lust before? Uh, no. You, know, you just said you were a liar. Okay. okay. So, all right. So all right. yes, I have. All right. What would that make you? Uh, that would make me... That would be an adulterer, uh, right? Yeah, right? Because Jesus said, if you look guy, upon yeah. the opposite sex of lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Have you hated a brother without cause? Uh, I could say I've gotten pretty angry. Okay, so that's close, the yeah. biblical definition of murder. So you just admitted to me you're a lying, thieving, adulterer at heart. And if you were to stand before God like that on Judgment Day, would you would would, would you be allowed into heaven? If I was judged by those if things? If you were judged by those standards. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going, so I'm going the, down. So we're all going down because none of us pass it. And, right. that's, and God saw that and that's why he sent his son Jesus. So when we're judged by God, we're not judged by those insanely ridiculous high standards that we can never attain outside of Christ. That's why having relationship with Christ is so vital and important. So what would you say to somebody who says, oh, well, all right, so then fine, then it means you could do whatever you want. Well, that would be a heart condition. That's the right. circumcision part that we're just getting into over here right. uh, about the circumcision of the heart. See, in the Old Testament, in order to be, quote, unquote, atoned, not even forgiven, atoned for those sins, you would have to make these sacrifices on a, on a, on a continual basis. 
right? And now Jesus comes into the story, the plot, as the final lamb slain. So we no longer have to continually make in these sacrifices, and we move from being atoned from our sins to forgiven of our sins. So, uh, and atoned means it's like a temporary forgiveness. Correct. It's like, it's like you temporarily paid off the debt, and, and you keep going. Yeah, it's like a, it's literally like a tab at a bar. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like paying your mortgage. Yeah, yeah. You still owe after that. Yeah, yeah. you're still owe, because you you're going to continue to do bad, but there was a way for you to get out of this stuff. And people have that mindset today, right. that law-based mindset, where it's, I've, I'm, I, what good can I do to make myself right with God? No, no, right. no, that's Old Testament thinking. Yeah, because you have to ask yourself, how good is good enough? Is yeah. there some magical, you know, uh, abacus up in the sky that, oh, sorry, you you would have made it if you didn't if didn't steal this cupcake. Right. Yeah, like, which is a, your problem, big yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But this is why the New Testament was so mind-blowing to people, because no longer, think about, just think about what's being said here. You are no longer are held to those standards of law where you're judged by every wrong thing that we do. We do. Nope. We break these things every single day we mess up. Every single day, every one of us listening right now, every one of us under the sound of my voice make mistakes. We are not perfect. I'm not. Jason's not. The guys behind the glass aren't. And every one of you out there, we all make mistakes and mess up. God sees this, sends his own son to die on a cross as the final lamb slain so we no longer be atoned, which is continual ritual, but forgiven. And once you're forgiven, you are forgiven. Right. You're forgiven. And that's what's really powerful about this statement. And so what's happening here is that Paul is writing to the Colossians because Paul's preaching the kingdom message of the good news right. of Jesus Christ. He's setting people free from thinking that they've always messed up. They're always no good. They're always disgusting. You're always dirty. You're always low. You're not good enough for anything. He's setting them free with the message of the kingdom and, and grace and love and unconditional love. And you got these tools coming back into the story saying, no, no, don't believe Paul. You're still under the law. Yeah, that's why he's being met with so much venom because you had these chief priests and these people that are established as saying, wait a minute. No, we we you have to live. You are judged every day by these laws and this and that. And meanwhile, that's what the whole law was. It was showing humanity that that we are that we can't live up to the perfection standard. And if you think about it, uh, when we were in the garden, right? When we, what do we eat from? The knowledge of good and evil. Correct. That's what we wanted. Correct. God gave it to us through the law, and through the law, we realized we can never do it without God. And that's why in Galatians five thirteen it says, "For you brothers were called." to what freedom but do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh rather serve one another in love the entire law is fulfilled in a single decree love your neighbor as yourself you cannot steal from your neighbor and love from your neighbor absolutely you can't kill your neighbor and love your neighbor as jesus said i've paid the price now go love people and it's really important there to highlight the words versus the actions right because you could say you love your neighbor while you're stealing from your neighbor. But God doesn't look at the things you say. He watches what you do. Right. It's the intent of your heart, right? right? And he warns every single one of us to do the same thing. Don't just believe what people say. Watch what they do. Right. And make sure what they do lines up with what they say. And I bet you every one of us listening out there would have went through, would have gotten over a lot of heartache and, and, and a, a lot of terrible times by watching what people did versus what they said. Yeah, amen to that. Right? So, so the next verse says, For in him the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. In Jesus, the fullness of God, every ounce of God dwells within the body of Jesus Christ. Every single aspect of God is in him. And, and think about this. If all of God is in Jesus and Jesus is inside of us, what can't we do? That's true. That's why it says all things are possible through Christ. Right. 
And because all of God is in Christ. And so the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, what, dwells inside of us. It's the way that we can be like Jesus, and that's the role of the Holy Spirit. So if, if Jesus is the fullness of the deity in, in human form, it, a lot of people want to separate Jesus and God. No, no, no. It, it, when, when God came to earth, the vessel he was in was Jesus. Right, exactly. Jesus was God walking on this earth. Correct. Absolutely. All right. We only got a couple minutes left here. I want to get to verse 11 and close out with this because this talks about the circumcision. And in him, you were circumcised with a circumcision performed without hands. That's an interesting thing, right? In the Old Testament, you'd be circumcised. And what did the circumcision represent? The removal of your flesh. And and so it was a removal of your physical skin in the Old Testament. And one of the big transitions from Old to New Testament is that it went from a very physical, fleshly covenant with God to a spiritual covenant with God. And so in the Old Testament, you remove the skin as a, as a, uh, like a, a signal that you were removing your carnality, your fleshly wants, your desires. In the New Testament, when you accept Christ, you no longer get physically circumcised for that spiritual reason, but you are, your heart gets circumcised and all of your carnal desires gets removed and cut off because we live for and through one person and one person only in that situation. Right. Doesn't mean that you're perfect from that point. Even Paul says, he goes, I struggle between my flesh and my spirit, but it's it's, it's it's like that adage of there's two wolves. Which one do you feed, right? Yeah. But but your heart desires the things of God, right? Yep. And you can yearn for that in your life. And you could tell when you listen. And the result of that is shame, right? Shame is what you know you should be doing better, but you're not, or you did something that you cannot believe you did. That's really what shame is, because your heart has a better expectation of yourself than your flesh actually did. Right. And you got yourself in a weak environment or a moment, or or just life hit, and we made bad choices. And again, we've all been there. This is not to to down on anybody, but this is why God provided the way. His love for us is so much that he provides a way of escape, and that escape is Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, we can be an overcomer. Right, we can be a we could be unstoppable, and it's in Him and through Him that all things are are possible. And for those of you who are listening right now, and Jay, you got a verse you want to read real quick? Yeah, it's uh, Romans eight one. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. No condemnation at all. If you're in Christ, if you believe in Jesus, if you come in covenant with God, there's no condemnation in you. Because when God sees you, he doesn't see you. He sees the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary. So you could have victory in every area of your life. So if you're struggling tonight, if you're down and out, if you're frustrated, worried, if if, if work is hard, if family life is tough, I want you to get alone in a, in a quiet moment for a second. And I want you just to be as real as real can be with God. If you're angry, get angry with him. If you're mad, get mad at him. If you need to curse, go ahead. Do what you want. God's not offended by these things. The more transparent you are, the more real you are, the bigger breakthrough that you're going to have. He knows your heart anyway. He knows everything. Absolutely. I mean, come on. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you call on the name of Jesus, and again, what does that verbiage mean? If you say a prayer and mean it with your heart, that's something like this. God, Jesus, come into my heart. Make me new. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, for rising again three days later. I accept you tonight as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, we pray. That is you verbally coming into agreement that he is the Son of God, that he is Messiah, the Savior, and he has come to save your soul from all the mess-ups that we all make, and that's the love of God that he has for you. So, guys, thanks for listening to Sound of Heaven Radio tonight. We hope you enjoyed this program on Colossians 2. We only got through 11 scriptures. I know. And we'll continue to to, to push this through, but we'll get have an amazing weekend come on out to the sound of heaven service but if not we'll see you next wednesday six o'clock happy mother's day happy mother's day god bless and have a good night
The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.